Hello everyone and welcome back to Classic Vinyl Podcast. I'm your host Justin and I'm here once again with my co-host Tyler. Thank you again for allowing me into your home. Hey, it's a pleasure. Into yeah. our uh, basement studio. Yep, exactly. Because I'm not allowed on the furniture. Exactly. <laughs> with rock and roll with rock and roll artwork all over the walls, the doors, mm-hmm. the who, the Beatles, and Mr. Jim Morrison himself. There he is. Mm-hmm. Of course, tonight's episode, or today's, or whenever you may be listening to it, to us, it, of course, yeah. it's a what a ten degree night with a blizzard out here in northern Utah right now. But lovely, yeah, it's been great. <laughs> I think we've got uh, we're we're in the middle of something that's going to dump like five feet on us. Well, just in the last two days, I think we've got like fourteen inches yeah. of snow. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see. But hopefully, you're somewhere warm like I want to be. But you know, tonight we're going to be reviewing Jethro Tull. Uh, we're going to be reviewing their album Aqualung or Aqualung, depending on what, yeah. uh, you so, know how you say it. Yeah, if you're not warm tonight, then, well, you'll be in good company as we review this album. Exactly. So, you know, the funny thing about Jethro told me, especially Aqualung, the album, is it is the album that introduced me to essentially classic rock as it is. Okay. My father had it on uh, vinyl, which it was another album he'd sit down after he'd been drinking and make me listen to. And, you know, at the time, you know, when I'm eight or nine, I don't think I enjoyed it that much. But as I became older, it, you know, I, I don't know what, if I hearkened back to that time or whatnot, but it became one of my favorite albums. And I've always enjoyed it since then. I've Jethro Tull has, or Ian Anderson, the leading leader of the band. A lot of people mistake Jethro Tull as a person, but it's the name of the band. Oh, okay. I was curious about that. Yeah, but it's a kind of a, you know, he has a lot of concept albums, mm-hmm. and you would consider a lot of a lot of it progressive rock. But there's a lot going in, going on in his albums, and specifically Aqualung, but let's get into a little background of Jethro Tull as a mm-hmm. band for the people that don't know. Um, they were formed in 1967 in Luton, England, or Lutton, England? How would you say that? Spell it. L-U-T-O-N. Luton. Luton. Yeah. So I was almost right. Uh-huh. And, you know, they've been described as like a blues rock, jazz fusion, progressive rock. Like I said, they've got so much different sound and obviously dominated by the flute which is oh, yeah. which makes him stand out among other bands and another thing that stands out is ian anderson is singing he's got a very distinctive voice yeah. and if you've heard a jethro toll song and you know jethro toll you can pick ian anderson singing out pretty well sure can he's not the best singer in the world but it suits exactly for what they do yeah it's interesting to hear his voice compared to like the style of music because it's got their their music style is very folksy especially with that flute right and yet ian's got a very rock and roll voice but they have a lot of heavy rock and roll in there too that's what's what's interesting about it you know ian anderson incorporate the electric guitar in ways that will shock you yeah it's kind of interesting and ian anderson he's the founder of the group he plays the flute he Mm -hmm. you know is obviously the lead vocals plays the guitar there's been so many different iterations of jethro toll over the years other musicians and things we're not going to name them but ian anderson is the one constant that formed the band and is still with the band now right so Mm -hmm. it it's amazing you know so this they you know they released their first album it didn't do super well but their second album stand up uh was actually number one in the uk which kind of hit them off so Mm -hmm. You know, they've they've sold over 60 million worldwide albums. Compare that to Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. uh, that we did an episode on that, that has sold 300 million albums wor- worldwide. Yeah. So, um, not that 60 million is nothing to balk about, obviously. Yeah, I, I, I would say, I'd be very satisfied with 60 million listens to <laughs> this episode. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> if we can get there, we will definitely send you all a free ice cream. For sure. But... You know, Jethro Tull had a number of band names. In fact, they swapped band names on and off different tours and things until finally uh, one of their tour managers, I believe, just named him Jethro Tull, which Jethro Tull was a famous 18th century agriculturalist. 
um, famous. I don't know how much because I've never heard of them. I've heard of the band, but uh, so a, a farmer from the 1700s, basically. Hmm. <laughs> so, but it's an interesting band name, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of a little background on them. You know, really, what you need to know is they've got a lot of sound going on and and like tyler said you know they're very folky they're very heavy rock they're very bluesy you've got the flute Mm -hmm. you got a lot of piano in there it's it's just a different sound this uh this uh what band had me wondering is uh the lead singer ian anderson is he white or black and i'm kind of assuming he's white but he is the style it makes it so what racial fluid he's he's not he's not so what uh wonder bread white <laughs> you know no, I, yeah. I get what you mean he's he's definitely an amazing musician yeah. and he has he has a uh, well in the perspective that he gives it, it comes from somebody that's more aware of the world they live in than most people. Yeah, and so that brings us to Aqualung. This this album was yeah. released in March of 1971. Um, it was really a concept album, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of their first main concept album, and it has the theme of what Ian Anderson has explained of his, his distinction between religion and God and society and everything in his life. And you, if you listen to the lyrics, you'll hear that. Yeah. I mean, he has a real would I say problem with societal oh, yeah. <laughs> norms and a uh-huh. problem with religious norms, I yeah. guess you would say. Yeah, especially, specifically the role that uh, religion plays in dominating and oppressing society. Yeah. And, you know, although many experts say this is a concept album, Ian Anderson mm-hmm. himself says this is not a concept album. So I don't know what signifies one, but... It is what it is. Is this a rock opera? In a way, I, I kind of think it is. I It should be. You know, th- this is something that really, it, there's a story to it. Yeah, it has yeah. an overflowing theme mm-hmm. from song to song. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so this, this was their best-selling album of all time. It sold over 7 million copies, which yeah. is pretty decent. You know, there were two hit singles yeah. off this album, Hymn 43, which people... A lot mm-hmm. of people probably know it. It's a pretty mm-hmm. popular song. Yeah. Uh, and Locomotive Breath, which mm-hmm. is probably, besides the song Aqualung and Cross-Eyed Mary, those mm-hmm. probably get the most radio play you hear today. But Yeah, th- those are probably the songs that I've, from this album, these are the songs I've heard. Yeah, but one thing I don't seem to suffer with Jethro Tull is I don't get radio played out by them even yeah. even their most popular songs mm-hmm. i don't hear they're they're still constant but mm-hmm. i don't hear them so much that i'm sick of them yeah you know when aqualung comes on the radio i'll crank it and listen to it i love the song you know and aqualung it's a song that i when i hear it i know that it's aqualung but i don't know the the name i don't associate the name aqualung with the song because i, I associate the song with the very opening line Sitting on a park bench, yeah. eyeing little girls with bad intent. You got it's basically a song about a hobo that's just eyeing, a creeping on girls, right? Well, yeah, but we'll get to that in a minute, Tyler. You're jumping the gun here. <laughs> I am. I'm sorry. That's okay. So, recorded in April of 1970 in London at a place called Morgan Studios. Not familiar with that, but uh, you know, originally, you know, obviously as a vinyl, they named the first side of this album. Aqualung, and the second side was named My God. You know, which hmm. is, that song is, you know, on there. So yeah. it kicks off side two, mm-hmm. obviously. So, and But uh, it's interesting to call it that way because, like, side two, what? Side one is more like an expose of society as is, whereas side two is more what his ideals are. Yeah, and that, that's kind of the way I've always looked at it. You know, Aqualung starts mm. off with the hobo, so to say. Yeah. In fact, if you look at the album work, uh, artwork, it's kind of interesting because it's got a long-haired, bearded, shabby guy on there, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of look, and he's the Aqualung, right? Yeah. Kind of the hobo, and, essentially. And I'm curious, is Aqualung supposed to be like a uh, 
a ter- another term for pneumonia or something? You know, that I don't know. It's kind of interesting because yeah. I always, you know, reference it to the to the homeless man, you know. Yeah. And just I, I don't know what that's referring to. Mm-hmm. It could be an English thing of some sort, but... I guess I should have done more preparation for this episode. Well, our only preparation is listening to the album and giving our ideas and thoughts on it. Yeah, and because I've never heard this whole album before, you're getting my, you know, knee-jerk reaction here. That's all we're looking for. You know, funny thing is Village Voice voted this as the 22nd best album of 1971. If you were to look Mm. at other albums from that time, to me, this album kicks a lot of those out of the water. But I have a, like I stated before, I kind of have a special interest in this album and I've always liked it. But it is certainly mm-hmm. highly praised as yeah. a very classic album now. You know, very, you know, five star album, one you've got to listen to. And if, you know, if you're going to jump into Jethro Tull, this is where to start, obviously. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit, I, I, I what? I'm not surprised uh, per se. And the reason I'm not surprised that it did so well uh, is because this is 1971. I think if you jump even a decade earlier, 1961, um, there's going to be outrage about it. Especially, especially the Amongst meanings the about God. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, when I was saying Stand Up, their second album hit number one in UK, it really didn't chart very high in the US. This mm-hmm. album was their first top ten album in the US. Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, and obviously it has the flute throughout it. It's featured prominently throughout the album, like it is on all Jethro Tull albums, even to this day. And it's very identifying of them. Oh, you know? yeah. They they do the flute very well. Yeah. I mean, I know some people I've talked to really don't like it, but I think the way it's used is used perfectly. Yeah. Perfectly. It, and would you call this a jazz flute? You know, I, I don't really know any other description for it other than Jethro Toll flute. Yeah, I mean, it's got this... It's very professional flutist, whoever it is. Well, it's Ian Anderson. Ian playing. Anderson, okay. Yeah, he, he plays the flute. He's very good at yeah, it. Yeah, he's an amazing musician. You keep in mind, he's the one... He's written mm-hmm. every song on this album, right? Yeah. He, he is Jethro mm-hmm. Toll. Yeah. I mean, he plays the guitar, he's mm-hmm. the only vocalist, and he plays the flute. So, I mean, there's... So, so I'm curious then... Uh, is there a band with him? There is a band, and you know I don't have their names written down. We're kind of with him here and there, but okay. the, but the lineups have changed so much over the years, and I don't pretend to be an all-knowing Jethro Tull expert. I, okay. In fact, if anything, I've listened to Stand Up quite a bit, and I've listened mm-hmm. to this quite a bit, yeah. and get into some of their other greatest hits, but not I, so deep into their <clears throat> albums. I guess I'm curious to, to know whether Ian Anderson is kind of a John Lennon type that used um or mastered the art of tracked tracting i guess <laughs> or track not tracking tracking using the different tracks with a four track and an eight track well four. i think you know we're talking 1971 so yeah. i think and i'm not positive but i think we're into 16 almost 32 tracks at this time yeah. so and you can tell by listening to this album mm-hmm. in headphones that the stereo's great you you have yeah. a lot of fade in and out of the Mm-hmm. The voices coming louder, and I don't know. I just this is an amazing album to listen to on headphones. Mm-hmm. It was um, it has a good sound. Yeah, I I guess I'm just kind of curious. Did he record like his guitar, his yeah, his guitar on one track, his flute on a second track, well, his voice on a third, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'm sure they're all separate tracks and yeah. then mixed and stuff differently. Mm-hmm. But I I honestly don't know all about that. Well, it, it's I mean the way that this sounds. It really could be one person uh, having a great day at the studio. Yeah, and this this is a beautiful album. Yeah, and you know, again, I'm biased towards it because I've listened to it since I was mm-hmm. young, and it's kind of my gateway album, right? Sure. And a strange gateway album. You would think, you know, most people would come in on the Beatles or mm-hmm. the Doors or Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd or something like that. You know, most people yeah. don't get introduced to classic rock by Jethro Tull. Yeah. But I couldn't suggest it more. So let, let's get on with it. The yeah. opening track on side one is yeah. the title track of the album, Aqualung. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they never released it as a single. Really? Even... 
yeah, even though it gets a ton of radio play to this it day, does yeah. probably the most out of any of their songs. But mm-hmm. you know, at the time, you know, this song's a little over six minutes long, so without cutting it down, mm-hmm. you know, it wouldn't have been released as a single. And yeah. I, I don't think Ian Anderson wanted to cut it down. Mm-hmm. But you know, Ian Anderson has said this song he has written about the his guilt, his personal mm-hmm. guilt about all the homeless in the London area. Yeah. You know, he's seen them everywhere and. You know, he, he feels guilty it's about it. It's a big it. city. There's homeless everywhere. Yeah, but he can't do anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of interesting. And yeah. this song was written by Ian Anderson, and I'm not going to go through that anymore because every song on this album was written by Ian Anderson. Yeah, just keep that in mind yeah. going forward. <laughs> but I love the guitar on this. I love the guitar solo. Um, it's the, the lyrics are so interest you know eyeing yeah. little girls with bad intent yeah and of course he's talking about a homeless man he's mm-hmm. watching here you know yeah with snot dripping from his nose <laughs> yeah. just you know creeping on these little girls walking by yeah you just need you need to look at the you know the album artwork because this is the guy mm-hmm. he's singing about this guy's on a park bench with yeah. snot dripping down his nose you know yeah. eyeing little girls with bad intent he's wearing shabby clothes he's got like you he says he's got greasy fingers and stuff yeah. and all that yeah um there's an interesting uh the the what the artistry of this song the way that it's made he's got this these verses where he ducks it down into like a radio voice yeah, where it, it, it's it has an interesting effect. Sun streaking cold. Yeah, yeah where where he cuts mm-hmm. into those little middle sections, yeah. and, it, and it does kind of go to a almost like a far off sounding yeah. voice. Yeah, radio mm-hmm. voice, I guess, is a good way to put it. This mm-hmm. this song, like every song on this album, has got lots of bits and pieces, and it jumps yeah. around it, but it mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah, you know, in and, my opinion. And like I said, the way that this is put together, this album should be a rock opera. I think it is without calling yeah. it, you know, and mm-hmm. but I I guess that's kind of the who's thing, right? Sure. They own the rock opera. You can call it whatever it is, mm-hmm. but it's an album, right? Yeah. So Aqualung, amazing song, mm-hmm. probably at least as far as I know, the most played radio song I end up hearing, but I don't ever skip <laughs> it. I love the song. Yeah, and I like I say, I don't know how many people are like me out there. I keep forgetting that this song is called Aqualung. Because all I all I know it by is sitting on a park bench. <laughs> well, the the thing what I love about this song and it's it's continued to this album, which kind of goes to your point of it being a rock opera, is he paints a picture of everything. Yeah, he does. You know, the music's jumping all over the place with heavy guitar, soft mm-hmm. acoustic guitar, yeah. guitar solos, flute, and going from soft to to a little heavier and. Mm-hmm. But the lyrics paint such a vivid picture, you know. And, yeah. And I kind of see why the first side's called Aqualung and the second side's called My God, because mm-hmm. essentially the first side, like you said, is about mm-hmm. his idea and his thoughts of society, Ian yeah. Anderson's. Mm-hmm. And the second side is his thoughts and his ideas of God and religion yeah. in society and in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And it, Well, and he doesn't really gloss over the fact that society the way it is has gotten this way thanks to religion uh driving it exactly exactly so aqualung excellent song so we go to song two which could be my favorite song on this album it's an excellent follow-up to aqualung yeah (laughs) and and it's another fairly common radio play song if you listen to any classic (laughs) rock songs and this is cross-eyed mary um you know, the, the funny thing in this song is they also mention the character Aqualung in this song. Yeah, they do. And which <laughs> kind of goes along with that theme of it being mm-hmm. a concept or a rock opera or whatever you want to call it. Well, yeah. Uh, Cross-Eyed Mary being, um, what, a schoolgirl who prefers the company of older gentlemen. Well, they're not gentlemen. <laughs> no, dirty old man that he yeah. refers to as Letching Grays. Yeah, um, that's you know, what we're talking about. A schoolgirl prostitute, right? Exactly. I mean, they've got mon- They've got more money to spend on her than the schoolboys in the yard. Exactly. <laughs> this song has an amazing flute intro. <laughs> and when the guitar, the fuzz guitar kicks in on the intro, I, I love it. Yeah. I, and, and it's another song that paints a picture you know all the all the different things he paints in this you know the jackknife barber drops her yeah. off at school you know yeah it, <laughs> it's 
and and it's a perfect song to listen in stereo on your headphones because it mm-hmm. it's not that horrible panning back and forth it's just got mm-hmm. things put in the right tracks and it has the right sound to it you know yeah and and it's you know got an amazing flute solo it's got an amazing guitar solo in mm-hmm. it this song yeah it's my favorite on the album i'm gonna have to say that you know the the combination and what uh so the sound of the flute sounds so sweet and pure and then you have this electric guitar that comes in. Yeah. That's so like rough and gritty. Yeah, it's got the fuzz. It's the almost fuzz dirty, guitar. right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's dirty. It, it doesn't belong in the song in exactly. a way, you know. But it but, but it fits perfectly. But that's cross-eyed Mary. I mean, yeah. she's this girl who she's got all the girl to her, you know, the sweet flute parts. But there's also this electric guitar of hey, she's figured out um, at her tender age how to make her way in life. And yeah. you know maybe her maybe her impaired vision from having crossed eyes <laughs> helps. <laughs> yeah, I, it'd be interesting to see a picture of this uh, high school girl, well, mm-hmm. or school girl. I guess yeah. it could be a college girl, mm-hmm. school girl. You yeah. know, prostitute prostitute who prefers these dirty old men, but she's also yeah. cross-eyed. Exactly. <laughs> I, it makes me wonder, okay, how cross-eyed are we talking? I mean, are we, like, two eyes pointed directly at the bridge of the nose, or are we just a little cockeyed? Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> interesting. Because but... there's something really adorable and cute about a girl who's got one eye just a little bit in. Well, you know what's funny yeah. is we're talking about this. Because that's how Ian Anderson paints the perfect picture in the lyrics. Yeah. Because you're, you're thinking, okay, she's, you, you almost feel sorry for her. Yeah. But then again, you don't. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you feel sorry. Oh, this poor girl that's being taken advantage of. Well, is she being taken? I mean, it's one thing to be taken advantage of, but. She's getting paid for it. Exactly. And the jackknife barber gives yeah. her a ride back to school. He does. So, so she she's benefiting from this as well, which makes it so you can't feel too bad for her. No, I don't <laughs> feel too bad for her. You know, I, but I would, once again, this is a, a, a situation that society has, has uh, created um, being driven by religion. Yeah, and in my opinion, as a song, from the flute intro to where the fuzz guitar kicks in, mm-hmm. up and down, the, the painting, the picture of the lyrics, yeah. the way the song is mixed in stereo, it this is a perfect song. This, to me, is Jethro Toll through and through. Yeah. I've loved this song since I was a little kid, mm-hmm. and I still do to this day, and I haven't gotten sick it, of it, it yet. It's a fun song. The way that the, the music plays out, you, you just know that Mary's having a great time, and you probably aren't supposed to approve of that, but she's still having fun. Yeah, and I'd like to hear from Ian Anderson. You know, you'd like to know the story behind it, you know, mm-hmm. where where he was at when he's seen this, you know, because yeah. it seems like it could be, it could be made up, but mm-hmm. from what it seems like on this whole album, everything is based on his experiences. It seems like it doesn't. It seems like yeah. he's met a girl that, you know, uh, what, of loose character, Loose morals and yeah, the it just makes you how much it yeah. makes you wonder how much, you know, he took liberties upon that, or if <laughs> yeah. this is straight but, out, you know. And one note I did jot down about this is this song should be a hymn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to the next song, mm-hmm. uh, third song on side yeah. one, "Cheap Day Return." Mm-hmm. Um, this is a beautiful song. It's, yeah, it's pretty. It, it's, it's very simple. Yeah, it's a pretty. Yeah. You know, got the mm-hmm. acoustic guitar to yeah. it. Short. It's apparently cheap. Day return was a type of train ticket. Yeah. Um, seems like if you're oh, okay. So like, there's uh, high fare and low fare times. So you got a cheap uh, ticket that you're buying for low fare times um, to a destination, but it also has a return ticket with it. So yeah, it, it is a type of train ticket. Interesting. For, yeah, but it, it's it's a pretty it's a short little song. Mm-hmm. It's Real pretty. Folksy. It's yeah, yeah, a folky song. Got the acoustic guitar that Ian Anderson plays, and it, it, to me, it's just a pretty song. You know, yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. not short and simple. It's short and simple. It's not a rocker or anything like that. And it's mm-hmm. I wouldn't say a song you're going to remember for years, but it fits perfect into the album to yeah. you know transition over to the next song, which is. 
a very interesting song called Mother Goose. Yeah, and this is a very folksy song. <laughs> yes, and and it brings you, you know, he mentions Piccadilly Circus and yeah. the Bearded Lady and Chicken Fancy and <laughs> all these things. He mentions it's another perfect painting he's laying down of this, and it, yeah. it almost feels circusy to me. It does. It, it, well, it, it feels like a Renaissance fair. Is what yeah, it, like. it does. It's it more does. medieval than circusy, right? Yeah, yeah, that that actually does make sense. It, yeah, but I think that's where Ian Anderson does an excellent job of, mm-hmm. you know, with the lyrics and the music, yeah. putting them together and making you feel like you're somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if he's still playing a jazz flute at this point, or if he's switched over to like a pan flute or a fife. It, it's not quite as prominent in yeah, this. It, it 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 feels more pan flutish, you know? Yeah. And and the maracas or something are in this at yeah. the end, and I really like that part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it, it's a really good song. It, it's not, you know, one that's going to stick out for years. Yeah. I don't think, but no, but it's got excellent guitar in it. It's um, very symbolically written, very much. I mean, he calls it Mother Goose. It, it there's a lot of symbolism in it. Yeah, the way there the is nursery rhyme. Has. Well, and that that's kind of the theme on this album, yeah. isn't it? Is the symbolism? <laughs> yeah. You know, he he drags you there to the the music has mm-hmm. a way of giving you a feeling of where you're at yeah and the lyrics if you really sit down and listen to them really yeah. paint it out exactly you've got a hundred uh, girls in the schoolyard crying into their handkerchiefs and they don't know that he's long john silver what <laughs> yeah you're ahead of yourself I here, am. but yeah that's that's how he He's Long John Silver in this song, mm-hmm. but it's just, what do you think he means by that? I am really curious to, to know, because, I mean, I'm looking at this just like, wow, what is he saying here? Because, he, once again, Long John Silver's a mythical character, or, a, you know, it's a fictitious character, not yeah. necessarily mythical. Well, see, that's where he's painting the, the picture of Piccadilly Circus and the bearded yeah. lady and chicken fancy whatever that is so it makes and chicken fancy sounds to me like a like a hole in the wall fried chicken joint that you would find it you know just a little eatery place fast well food place and i guess life. bearded lady is what brings out circus to me because yeah. he also says piccadilly circus yeah. so it is kind of an interesting <laughs> fair feeling and yeah. stuff and <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite song on the album but it's definitely interesting yeah, it seems like he's playing with a lot of words here. So I'm sure when he says, "I they, I don't believe they know that I am Long John, that I'm Long John Silver." Yeah, I'm guessing that you know he's got money or something. I don't know. Or Long John. I mean, is it is he you know saying, "Well, I you know these girls would be lucky to be with me." Well, it's funny because it's funny know. because a lot of the songs are literal, especially when you get the side two about yeah. religion and the God within yourself, as Ian Anderson sees it. He mm-hmm. is definitely more literal. Yeah. I think on this first side, you know, he's taking examples like on Aqualung and Cross-Eyed Mary, and then doing a lot of wordplay as well, mm-hmm. which is you know it's interesting. It's really interesting sure. to hear. But yeah. so that kicks us to song five, "Wondering Aloud" or mm-hmm. "Wandering Aloud." Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just a simple little love song mm-hmm. about a day in the life of a loving couple, whether they yeah. be married or girlfriend and boyfriend or whatever it is. But yeah, just they're in a relationship. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's a pretty song. It's, it's I, very acoustic, romantic. Yeah, yeah, acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I don't know. It's just there's a lot of sweetness to it. Just you know the way that he sings about their uh, interactions and the way that the um, instruments flow along with that. Yeah. And to me, this is Ian Anderson's attempt at a love song. And the Mm. best he can do is a Jethro Tull love song. I believe that's probably right. You know, he's not Paul McCartney that can sing (laughs) my love or something that's just blatant straight out there. You know, I'm in love with you. You know, (laughs) maybe I'm amazed at the way you love me all the time or whatever. It's not that. It's more of, I wouldn't kick you out of bed for bringing crumbs in there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And tasting the smell and yeah. Yeah. It, he's, he's just basically instead of he can't help himself. 
<laughs> yeah, instead of saying he loves her or they love each other, he's just yeah. saying this is what our day was. Yeah. And, you know, I shake my head when you bring the crumbs into bed, you know, mm-hmm. and those kind of things. Cause yeah. It's just like, okay, you take out of it what you will, but this is a loving couple yeah. that loves to be together, and it's mm-hmm. as simple as that. So it's a really yeah. different take on a love song to me. Yeah, so Jethro Tull is Cyrano. Yeah. Close enough, Very right? Very poetic guy. Yep. Yeah, it, it's 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 amazing how Ian Anderson goes back and forth from the literal to the word painting to here's here's what we're doing. You take out of it what you will, you know? Yeah. Wandering aloud. Why do you think it was named that? I mean, what do you think? Um Wandering Aloud it Um I guess it throws kind of that mystery in there. Is he wondering what it would be like to be in a relationship like this? Or is he just, you know, amusing about his situation? Uh, yeah, I, that, it's a good question. Yeah, it's really interesting name to the song. Wondering aloud. In my opinion, you know. Yeah. But should have been called breadcrumbs in bed or something. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Exactly. No. So, good song. Yeah, well not, done, Ian. Not the strongest on the album, but a really good song. Yeah. So, you go to the next song, Up To Me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really like the intro with the flute and the guitar yeah. on this song. Mm-hmm. I And it gets into that fuzzy guitar. I, yeah. I really enjoy this song. And it's, it's an acoustic song, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a hard rock acoustic song. There's a lot of sounds going on in this song. Yeah, and it's got the strangest narrative. It's got like yeah. this real hectic narrative going on throughout the song. Yeah, um, but what I take from it is that the narrative is basically saying that he's a working man, and so the, there's nobody to hand him anything. If he wants something, it's up to him to yeah, get it. Yeah, I, I think yeah. he's more literal in the meaning of that, you yeah. know, is... Sure. Um, I'm a working man, but I'm going to make my life what I want it to be, and it's up to me to see it through that way. for sure. That's the way I take it. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's really hard because even, you know, in the interviews with Ian Anderson, a lot of things he said they were about at one point change over the years or what experts say they're about, he denies, you know. So it's kind of... Ian Anderson do a lot of drugs? Didn't everybody? Okay, that explains a lot. I actually don't know, to be honest with you. I'd hate to... I'm assuming he did. (laughs) We'll just... I think it's best to assume they did. Yeah. And let them prove otherwise. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably... You prove that you weren't high while you were writing this. Well, and one thing I could say about him is, you know, not so much as rocking and, you know, you go to, like, some of the Doors Mm -hmm. lyrics and you're like, what the hell does this mean, you know? Yeah. You you have your own interpretation. A Mm -hmm. lot of his are, you know, you get literal meanings in there, but Mm -hmm. then he's a good wordsmith. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. he throws things in there and you're like, okay, is this... It's poetry. Yeah. Yeah, he's singing poetry. Yeah, it's really interesting, so... I don't know. We'll just have to... Yeah, whether it's literal or not. I mean, it's still... That's what he does is he sings poetry. Exactly. So, good song. I, I really like yeah. the narrative in it. I, I yeah. like that it's a hard rock mm-hmm. acoustic song. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of interesting. You don't hear, yeah. hear or see a lot of that. So, that part's interesting. Yeah, I was really surprised that it was acoustic instead of electric. I yeah. really expected electric guitar. Especially... Um, as gritty as a, like a, a working man or a blue collar guy is, um, you would expect more like the gritty uh, electric guitar that we've yeah. that we've seen before. But to, for him to go with just a real hard, heavy acoustic, I guess it makes sense as well because there's no electricity to amplify the sound, right? Yeah, it's it's a good song. I yeah. I really enjoy it. It it finishes out side one. Sure does. And very well. So we flip over to side two. My God is what mm-hmm. they're calling side two, and that's the song that opens the the track. And yep. with or, I mean uh, that's some... the track that opens the side is My God. Yeah, it, opens with some guitar picking. It does, and this song has a lot going on in it. 
Sure does. Um, I really like the intro on this song, too. I think that's where Jethro Toll really stands out as the mm-hmm. intros to the yeah. songs are very catchy, mm-hmm. whether they're heavier like Aqualung or they're, mm-hmm. they're softer like Wandering Aloud or Up to Me or something like yeah. that intro. But this has got a lot going on in the intro. It's got yeah. a lot of good piano in the intro. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ian Anderson has said this song is about looking for God within yourself mm-hmm. and not relying on all these religions in the world to set what God means to you, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of what he did was pointing at the hypocrisy in religions, right? Yeah. And that, hey, you can still have a God that you believe in. Mm-hmm. And it can be in yourself. You don't have to be. Yeah. You don't have to show up to church on Sunday to prove you believe in a God. Yeah, he he uses the the phrase that uh, <clears throat> you we that you bend God to your religion, mm-hmm. and so you'll take you know whatever church you go to, and you'll try and cram God into it to make him fit there, rather than allowing God to be God, and then conforming your religion to whatever well so so this is the longest song on the album it's a little over seven minutes long okay and it's got some really good music to it that i i really mm-hmm. like when the guitar kicks in because it's a heavy guitar yeah then the flute kicks in it's got an amazing guitar solo in the middle mm-hmm. it, it's got a solo that at the end that kind of reminds me of like church with chants and stuff. Yeah. Where you get like this flute playing and some chanting going yeah, on. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I yeah. really like the guitar at the end too, mm-hmm. but you know, the way, way I look at this is Ian Anderson saying, you know what? You can believe in God. You cannot believe in God. You can whatever, but God, you're not going to find him at a church yeah that's essentially what he's saying i wrote down uh those messages to enjoy discovering the holy inside all of us and stop looking for the holy in cold stone buildings that's a good way to put it you know because you're and and not only that your god can be different Mm -hmm. everybody's god can be different right yeah there is no single or just or right yeah. one God, you know, like most religions believe, no, right? There, there's a piece of God in all of us, and maybe that's what separates us from the animals. Well, that's why I think this yeah. song name, My God, mm-hmm. is pretty literal. Yeah. Because I think he's saying, I it, have a God, you yeah. can too, and we don't have yeah. to, you know, belong mm-hmm. to a religion or or abide by all their rules yeah. just to mm-hmm. say we have a God in our lives. Yeah. You know, God can be in your mind silent and in your life silent you know yeah jethro told saying that god's not reaching down to you from the heavens he's reaching out from your heart and see i think it more along the lines of we all have our own god and you're reaching out to your own god Mm -hmm. you know but i mean you'd take for it what it is but Mm -hmm. one thing can be said is Ian Anderson definitely has a problem with societal norms and religious norms i think the conservative religions Really didn't appreciate this song. (laughs) Yeah, other than a lot of people don't dissect lyrics, right? Probably not, yeah. But it's, you know, I could see how a lot of people would think this was a religious song, and I don't -hmm. don't consider it a religious song. I consider it a self-spiritual song. Yeah, um, what religion, the anti-religion is what this is. I mean, it's, it's... the antithesis of religion. Well, and I think that's where a lot of people get confused is there's a difference between being religious and being mm-hmm. spiritual. Yeah. And to me, spiritual spirituality is the only thing that matters, whether mm-hmm. you have a number of gods you believe in, a certain god, no yeah. god, because mm-hmm. your god can be no god, too. Sure. Your god can be who knows. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that can actually be your thought. Yeah. I have no idea, but mm-hmm. I'm going to be a good person, and it's all within yeah. myself, mm-hmm. right? And it's those things that emanate from us, that that's God speaking, and that's that's the message I take from Jethro Tull. Exactly. Yeah. And, and musically, this song out of on the whole album has the most going on in it. I mean, very... Yeah. 
Jethro Tull's songs definitely go from slow to fast to flute to mm -hmm. acoustic to heavy guitar oh, and yeah. jump all over. But this song has got a lot going on mm -hmm. in it. And probably, probably musically, this is probably my favorite song on the album as far as I could see just that. listening to the music and how it pans in and out. I don't know if mm -hmm. I really like the little church chants at the end. Mm -hmm. I could probably do without those. but I was a little bit concerned because... I, this happened a couple times in this album for me. I wasn't sure where one song ended and the next song started. So I wasn't sure if this was the outro to My God or if this was the intro to the next song, Hymn 43. I guess I need to start signaling you when I'm changing songs. It doesn't matter. I'm not. I'm going to be lost anyway. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Well, and maybe, you know, maybe those chants were mm -hmm. sarcasm. They could have been. I don't know. They very well could have been. Did I say well, sarcasm? Uh, yeah. Sarcasm. Sarcasm. Hmm. Sometimes words sound strange. Yeah. Uh, the chants, uh, they're, they're not really saying any words. It's more just kind of like this uh, Gregorian oh sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, they're just little short. You can barely hear them, too. Yeah. So. Good, good song. Mm -hmm. Good way to kick off the second side. Um, next song is Hymn 43. Um, mm -hmm. You know, lo classic rock history voted this Jethro Tull's second best song after Thick as a Brick. Mm -hmm. And I don't agree, I don't agree with either of those songs okay. in their top two, but I'm just telling you the history behind it. It was released as a single and here in the U S it only reached number 91. Funny enough, but so it's kind of funny that this song only reaches 91 yet. Yeah. It's number two. Yeah. Uh, but it's number for... two. I think Rolling Stone ranked at number five of Jethro Tull's best songs. Mm -hmm. And, I don't agree with either of those, but it it kind of shows what time does to music, right? Yeah. It can, it barely cracks the top hundred, but now it's considered by many to be one of Jethro Tull's best songs, which says <laughs> that you know the popularity in society and the actual musical ability of a song or whatever are complete different things. Yeah. You know, and this is a this is a good song. I really love the guitar break. With mm -hmm. the flute in the middle. Yeah. And it's a pretty heavy song in, in a lot of areas. It really is. For being something called Hymn 43, it's real heavy. Yeah, and, it, and this kind of follows in the theme of God, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Ian Anderson wrote this about people who use Jesus as an excuse to do unsavory things. Yeah, he. I, I believe I caught certain things like uh, references to murder or oppression or even genocide. Well, yeah. yeah, exactly. And he, when he was interviewed, he said that this song was strictly about the hypocrisy of religion in the United States more yeah. than anywhere, mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people doing bad stuff, and you know they blame yeah. it on religion or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a United States thing. To me, that seems it like seems a like world, it's world, world history, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I get maybe. Yeah. Maybe from the time being, if you look at the time, 1971, Vietnam War, and things like that. Uh -huh. Maybe you see the references with the civil rights movement as well. Cause, yeah, because you've got the Ku Klux Klan. Well, you've got riding against uh, the uh, civil rights movement, and the Ku Klux Klan are basically a religion themselves. Well, right? they call themselves a religious group, yeah, but do. you've even got things like the women's rights movement and things like that, where you look at society and the way religions looked upon women as lesser and things like that. So there's a lot of things going on. So I guess yeah. if you put yourself in the shoes of 1971 Ian Anderson looking at all the crazy things going on in America mm -hmm. and America being, you know, a hub a, a very patriarchal religious <laughs> country. <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe from those things it you know, maybe you get that from it. I don't know. I mean Yeah, for sure. This song's actually been more than any other Jethro Toll song has been covered by a number of bands. A couple, Morris, mm -hmm. Portnoy, and George, and a very interesting <laughs> band named Alabama Thunderpussy. Um, these are my people. The, the <laughs> music of my childhood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, But, yeah, I, I don't agree that this is in their top two or three songs, but it is a good song. Yeah. I, I've always liked the song. Mm -hmm. um, I... You know, I read somewhere that it's one of theirs that gets the most radio play, and I honestly can't remember if I've ever heard this song on the radio. I don't know. I, 
I'm not sure I've heard this on the radio. I mean, I hear locomotive breath. I hear thick yeah. as a brick. I hear mm-hmm. cross-eyed Mary. I hear yeah. Aqualung. Aqualung you know, yeah. bung- bungle in the jungle. Yeah. You know. But this one, I don't know that I've heard this one before. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, I've heard the song before, but I can't recall hearing it on yeah. the radio. And, I mean, it's got... It, it's written in this, like, uh, gospel style with uh, using the uh, piano and, uh, you know, t- to make it seem like it's a hymn-style song. But it's heavy. But it's got a very antithesis message, and it's a very heavy song. Yeah, it's yeah. got some heavy, heavy, heavy sections heavy, in it. Yeah, yeah, heavy music, heavy lyrics. Um, you know, this is, uh, like, you know, he said, what is it, the main line of the song, if Jesus saves, then he'd better save himself. Oh, Jesus, save me. You know, it's kind of this whole thing of... Yeah, that doesn't make yeah. any sense, does it? Well, yeah. Like, I get I get the Jesus is, you know, dead on a cross or dying on a cross. And he's saying, well, if Jesus saves, then he needs to be saved, too. He's the guy up there on the plastic crucifix, right? And uh, then at the same time, his very next line is, oh, Jesus, save me. You know, he, he, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. we can say... Ian Anderson definitely had a problem with religion, but it, yeah. but it also seems at the same time like he's a very spiritual man. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting, mm. you're right, it's an interesting... Maybe also acknowledging his own flaws and his own faults, his own need for salvation. Yeah. It, it's a common uh, human thing. Anybody yeah. that's aware of their situation knows that they have flaws as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't have a dang thing written about the next song. Because Slipstream. I, I missed it. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's barely a minute long. Exactly. It, I don't. There's no words in. It. No. Yeah, it's, it's just got a nice. It's got a nice soft acoustic guitar. I. Mm-hmm. It is for. It's not like a classic yeah. song or anything like that. But it's a good little break. Yeah, and just, it's it's a palate cleanser. It, yeah, it, it it's, really it's, is. It's definitely not him forty three. Yeah, and it, it's just a just peaceful, happy little yeah. Acoustic guitar song that's good to be there, but you wouldn't yeah. miss it if it wasn't either. I <laughs> exactly. Don't think. So the next song is definitely one of Jethro Tull's probably most famous. Um, this I, is a work of art. Yeah, and yeah. I would say next to Cross-eyed Mary, it is one of my favorite on the albums. And I normally mm-hmm. don't say that about two of the most popular radio play songs. Uh huh. But Locomotive Breath is the song we're talking about, and. This song is a great song. Yeah. I love the slow piano intro, mm-hmm. how it starts speeding up, and yeah. that's that was meant yeah. to do that to replicate the chugging of a train. You know, certainly does. I mean, anybody that's like uh, ridden a steam locomotive or seen the the process of a steam engine uh, ramping up or warming up to the point that it can operate, this is this song sounds very much like that. Yeah, it's it's. You know, a really interesting song. We still hear it a lot on the radio, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll crank it up because I love this song. How yeah. it, it's kind of like all Atoll songs. They have their soft, and they have their heavy. They have their slow. They have mm-hmm. their fast. I really like that. Yeah. Um, it's got, in my opinion, the best float uh, flute solo mm-hmm. work that he's done. Yeah, and you know that's just very unique to rock and roll, and that's what makes Jethro Tull stand apart from other groups. Yeah. You know, is the flute. And if you don't like the flute, then you're probably not going to want to listen to Jethro Tull a lot. No, probably not. But if if you want to hear, if, if you want to hear a master flutist, listen to Jethro Tull. Yeah, right? I would, yeah, I would <laughs> say. And you know, Ian Anderson has said this song's about his concern. He wrote this song mm-hmm. about his concern with the world's overpopulation as an issue, which is yeah. kind of funny because. This is 50-plus years ago, and we're, what, double the population now. Yeah, I think we weren't even 5 billion back then. Yeah, so I wonder what he thinks now. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> it, you know, they did release this, and it didn't even chart. Really? Didn't even chart. But That's it, surprising. From what I understand, it's one of the top three. I think this, I think I said that before, but uh-huh. Aqualung, this, Bungle in the Jungle, and Cross-Eyed Mary are getting the most radio play. Yeah. Um, I don't, and I don't know if that's necessarily true. That's what I've read, and that's kind of what I've experienced as well. You know, this is uh, this is a, a good radio song because it's got that good rhythm to it of the locomotive. Yeah, um, it's got uh, an edgy message in the lyrics, mm-hmm. but it's also not offensive. This is not an anti-religion song. This is a song that's just like, hey, 
the, you know, this locomotive is not, it's not something that's easy to stop, right? You know, funny enough, this song doesn't seem to fit the My God side of the album. This almost yeah. fits side one better. It does. You know, yeah. because I don't see any religious connotation to this mm-hmm. song at all. Um, in yeah. fact, even when he's said this is about the world's overpopulation, I don't really read that into the lyrics at all. Um, I, I can get a little bit of it, but that seems more implied than it's explicit. What I get from the lyrics is you've got this guy who's taking the train ride home, right? He goes home, finds his best friend's been having an affair with his wife. Yeah. And so much of this is out of his control, right? He, he's not in control of the train that's running down the track, how fast it's going, when it stops, when it slows down. That's out of his control. His wife and his best friend, their actions are out of his control. And he's not going to commit suicide. But the world's not going to stop. The yeah, sun's it, gonna, keeps, it keeps speeding up exactly. and speeding up. Yeah. yeah, and he keeps getting older. He keeps breathing in and out. He, you know, These are involuntary reflexes. The beating of his heart keeps on beating. He, he, his life doesn't stop just because everything's out of his control. He can't even control that much. Yeah, it's an amazing yeah. song musically, lyrically. In my opinion, has the best mm-hmm. flute solo work that Ian Anderson has done. And if you haven't heard it, you need to go listen to this song. It's a great yeah. song. Mm-hmm. It this album wouldn't be without it. But in my opinion, and the sound like Tyler's too. This belonged mm-hmm. on side one. Yeah, for sure. This is more. Uh, what this is more in line with the, what was the other train song? The cheap uh, return fare. Cheap day return. Yeah. Cheap yeah. Day return, yeah. Yeah, it's more societal than yeah. religious or mm-hmm. spiritual. They probably should have switched this one with that uh, wondering uh, aloud. Yeah, wondering aloud. Well, that's kind of, and that's a love song, so I don't know if that fits on here at all. But uh, we'll I take... guess they had to put it somewhere, didn't they? Yeah, they did. So, <laughs> so that brings us to the last song, um, "Wind Up." Yeah, um, it's an, it's an interesting song. Um, you know, it's got a good start to it, opening mm-hmm. with the acoustic, and it has that kind of far away or radio lyrics, yeah. as you would say. <laughs> exactly. You know, that kind of sounds like they're in the background with a radio mm-hmm. playing in the other room or something. That's kind of how... And that, that comes to the yeah. foreground going in it. But Ian Anderson basically said this song's about pushing back against society's expectations of life and everything... Mm-hmm you know, they're wanting you to do, go to school, go to church, you know, do mm-hmm. the, the things that you just have to do. Yeah, Don't exactly. ask why, you mm-hmm. just do them, right? Yeah. And he has a problem with God and societal traditions as they are set. Yeah. You know, and and I get it because I'm that way too, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I always, you know, how I am, I, I think, why is this tradition this way? And, yeah. you know, a lot of times the answer you get is because it is. Yeah, exactly. He references, like, uh, over and over again in this song, um, the fact that uh, God seems to be like a pocket watch that you wind up on Sunday. So, you know, you have to go to church to get your God watch rewound <laughs> again. And yeah. He's like, that's not how it works. Yeah. Well, and it's the same. We have that big time around here with oh, the, yeah. the predominant religion, mm-hmm. you know, is... It's it's like, okay, you're religious mm-hmm. and spiritual on Sundays, and, yeah. you know, it winds down over the week until, you yeah. know, Saturday comes, and then <laughs> your your tank's pretty much empty, right? Oh, yeah. So you got to go back to get your dose of God or he, religion or whatever it may be. He makes another really good point here. He says, uh, licking the boots of death born out of fear. So this, like, religion has a... a a, a tendency to um, instill in you this fear of death. I'm like, well, you know, after you die, you're going to be held accountable for all your sins. And you're going to have to, you know, account for all that. And so religion often points us to live our lives for the next life, right? And to kind of ignore what's here in front of us. And, and Jethro's, uh, uh, Ian saying, no, uh, we have what we have right here and right now. 
why are you wasting this life in the name of the next? Exactly. Yeah. And I, it, musically, I love this song. You know, when mm-hmm. the heavy guitars kick in, I love that. Yeah. I love the sound of the heavy fuzz mm-hmm. guitars. Um, I love the instrumental in the middle of the section of the song. Mm-hmm. Then it slows back down. It's just a pretty song arrangement all yep. the way around. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to end the album. Yeah, for and, sure. And, you know, it's a good song. It's It fits perfectly onto this side. You know, mm-hmm. it, it kind of, I mean, like you it said. It wraps it up nicely. It does. Yeah. And this should be a, a concept slash mm-hmm. rock opera yeah. slash whatever you want to call it. But mm-hmm. everything on here pretty much is going by the same theory of his perceptions of yeah. God, religion, life, you know, society, yeah. things like that. But I can say, you know, if you don't want to look into the lyrics and you want to listen to the music, to me, that's where it really shines. I think uh, if you can find an instrumental version of these, that's going to be a fun ride too. Yeah. You don't need the the lyrics. You don't need the words. Well, like I said, this was the album that was my gateway and it got me into it. And obviously when I'm 12 years old and really getting into it and listening to it, I'm not dissecting the lyrics, you know, thinking these are love songs or about prostitutes or about mm-hmm. religion. I'm just listening to the yeah. music and mm-hmm. how I'm a very... And how it's like resonating with you. Yeah, and yeah. It, and I, I definitely look into the lyrics, maybe not as deep as you do. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's good why we're doing this. I don't but... know. It kills music for me, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how it does sometimes. Yeah. And, it, you know, especially when they're more literal, you know, yeah. when they're paint, where, they, where mm-hmm. they're painting them out there and saying, okay, these are the figures we're putting in this. You figure out what it means to you, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's how a lot of it is, right? Yeah. But the way this album to me is an amazing album. It's in my top 10 of all time. I can see why. And it's, it's pretty throughout. Mm-hmm. And we obviously haven't rated an album yet that we think is complete garbage. And we probably won't for a while because yeah, we'll, we get, we'll come across one sooner or later. Well, other than we've got a lot of albums on the list to do yeah. that. I already know I love, but yeah, we'll be honest about them when they're good. And we'll be mm-hmm. honest about the parts of them that we don't like. Yeah. I doubt we're going to be reviewing a Miley Cyrus uh, albums anytime. Most likely not yeah. going to happen for a while. Yeah. But um, this, this album for me is good throughout. There's, yeah. Bits and pieces I don't like as much as others, but it's an album that I don't skip any songs on. I listen yeah. to it throughout, and the song arrangements are amazing in it, mm-hmm. from slow to heavy to acoustic to fuzz guitar to the flute to yeah. piano. It, it's Ian Anderson has done an amazing job on yeah. this. And I have to feel like that's intentional. That he, I don't think that he just threw any of this on there just to see if it would stick, right? Uh, it seems like side one expo- exposes the uh, problems. Side two is a way of him offering his solution. Yeah, well, that, that's what's kind of funny about it is there doesn't seem to be any songs that were created on mm-hmm. here just as a hook for a single or a mm-hmm. hit song. It's, it's definitely, whether Ian Anderson wants to admit it or not, it's a concept album, and it yeah. the album is hooked together, mm-hmm. unlike a lot of albums. Yeah, are. and... For for it to not be a concept album, it would have to be by accident, and I just don't see it being accidental guess, at all. This I guess it depends on what you consider a concept album, but a, yeah. an album, without a doubt, this is an album that has a ongoing theme throughout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, so that's one thing. But excellent album by Jethro Tull. I suggest yeah. you go give it a listen because it's an amazing album. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the way the music sounds. Yeah, I love the meanings behind it. So I'm gonna give this one nine out of ten. I give this one ten out of ten. Sure. So, and and a lot of that's because of my history with it. But mm-hmm. it, it's an album that's with me and it'll always will will be with me. And yeah, there was a couple of songs that um, I mean I I enjoyed all of it, but there was a couple of songs that just weren't my cup of tea. No, I get it. Yeah. So yeah, I get that, it. Therefore, I give it nine. And there are a couple weaker songs on it, sure. but. Mine, you know, my rating is based out of probably a little bit of my history with it as well. Mm -hmm. So take a listen, and we appreciate you guys giving us a listen. Uh, If you have any suggestions for album reviews you'd like us to do or topics you'd like us to cover, send us an email at classicvinylpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at classicvinylpodcast, uh, Twitter, classicvinylpod. 
So we really appreciate you. We're here every week. <laughs> we try to be anyways. Yeah. And so until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you so much for listening to Classic Vinyl Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Classic Vinyl Podcast for updates and also share us with your music-loving friends. Thank you.